This is Deep North, and I'm Steve Ray. I grew up in Minnesota, then left, toured the U.S., backpacked through Europe, and sailed across the Atlantic. While traveling, it appeared that the Minnesota I knew was much different from the one known by the rest of the world. My name is Julian. I am 13 years old. I think it's where a bunch of ships are made. Yeah, yeah, you know, like an old captain sailor ship. Why, why would they be built there? I don't know. This is a show about the nature and culture of MSP, dispelling the myths of Minnesota nice for the urbane side of the cities that the world, country, and even some Minnesotans haven't experienced. Deep North is reaching more ears thanks to TC Agenda, MSP's source for events, breaking news, and all things that make the Twin Cities the best place on Earth. More at tcagenda.com. And in collaboration with Streets.mn, dedicated to a public better informed and engaged on transportation and land use issues. Read more at Streets.mn. This week on Deep North... Above ground tunnels. A paradox, yes, but they exist. A vast network of climate-controlled hallways elevating downtown humans to the second floor. The value of these skyways is a contentious issue. Some say they kill street life and hurt small businesses. Others see the skyways as an asset for less mobile populations and a comfortable way to get out of the office. But for this show, we're going to set the debate aside and take a walk through these elevated hallways. We'll explore how design affects people, how people shape the built environment, and how these spaces foster civic life. Deep North's Steve Ray with a story. I'm biking along the Mississippi River towards the Capella Tower, a proper skyscraper home to a bank, accounting firm, and the building's namesake, University. For business travelers, this is likely the only part of Minneapolis they ever visit. But for me, I only come here in passing. Yeah, we're in downtown Minneapolis. We're a couple of blocks off of Nicollet Mall. Max Musicant is the founder of the Musicant Group, a placemaking firm that designs and manages common spaces, several of which are in the Skyway system. As an organization, we're a doctor for public spaces that are sick and then we make them better. Uh, sometimes I say we, we activate underused spaces. We take a seat in the Music Cant designed common area next to Peace Coffee. There's a group lounging around an indoor fireplace and others having coffee at a variety of tables. The space feels lively but not crowded. So on your website you talk about spaces that make people feel alive. Can you talk more about that? We create places where people want to be, wherever people want to be. They want to do things nearby, live, work, eat, play, shop, go to church, ride the bus. Um, and that these places are valuable for communities and commercial actors. I asked Max to take a walk and show me what this looks like. We immediately ride up an escalator to the second floor. Because this, I'm about to find out is where downtown lives. So where are we walking right now? So we're currently walking over to the Ameriprise Financial. Through building, what? Through a skyway, uh, which are, I know, controversial in the, in the Twin Cities. Entering the skyway is not an intuitive process. From the streets, there are no signs. So you either have to be familiar with the area or be willing to ask for directions. 
but once you find your way up, it's sort of exciting. Pedestrians wind around corners with confidence, popping to and from businesses, in and out of the stream of people. After three turns, I'm completely lost. They certainly have uh, taken away from our street life, which I think is unfortunate, but there's such a robust system right now. I think that rather than sort of a Sisyphean uh, attempt to get rid of them, we should just treat them like the sidewalks and streets that they are, and um, not just glorified hallways between buildings. So why was this complicated maze created in the first place? And why do people want to tear it down? The answer to both of these questions is identical. In the mid-50s, businesses like General Mills began leaving downtown and heading for the suburbs, and commerce, like the Southdale Shopping Mall, followed. In an effort to revitalize downtown, the first covered walkway was built in 1962, and the idea caught on. So much so that a decade later, the Star Tribune labeled Minneapolis a second-story city. Today, Minneapolis has the largest skyway system in the world. Downtown street life has shriveled, and commerce has moved to the second floor. We work in the SPS Tower building, so okay. we come through the skyways every day. They're pretty much great. I mean, we, I, take, I do a lot of meetings with walking meetings. We're, in a, we're actually technically in a meeting right now, so it's in a great way to just be able to get away from things for a while and take kind of just a mental break and then come back, so absolutely. Once again, in an attempt to revitalize downtown, there's another Skyway movement, this time to tear them down. Supporters believe that by joining the divided foot traffic onto one level, downtown will become more vibrant, safe, and economically viable for retail business. What do you think about this area? We had a couple restaurants and a pizza. What is that? Janelli's Pizza yeah. and Nafna. So we're like kind of a real crossroads right here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of traffic coming through. It's noon on a weekday, and the Skyway is lively and strange. It's like the pedestrians of Wall Street have been transplanted into a high school hallway. The business people walk with purpose and penny loafers and high heels, making brief eye contact, then quickly looking away. As is mostly the case in Skyways, there's, again, nowhere to sit down. Um, Naf Naf Grill, one of my favorite Skyway businesses. Uh, if you see their seating, uh, it's along the edge, uh, in between columns, which is comfortable, but the full glass um, walls separating it from the Skyway is a kind of uncomfortable um, way for those people to be sitting up along it. They would feel a lot more comfortable if uh, there was sort of a half-height wall that at least, you mm. know, gave them some visual protection below the shoulder length of them sitting down. In Naf Naf Grill, a man hunches over a falafel pita and tzatziki sauce drips from his chin. Skyway goers may be aesthetically impoverished, but most people agree with Alberto and don't seem to mind. Uh, what do you think about the Skyways? Oh, that's a nice way to to walk uh -huh. inside of the city. Uh -huh. Just, here is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Chicago before and there's so cold there too. I think they don't have this kind of of walk, walk skyways. You suffer a lot <laughs> when you're walking in the street. A couple years after starting the business though, I started asking myself, why do we have bad places in the first place? Why are, we be, why are they created at all? 
and why they seem to be created again at an accelerating pace. And why do older places oftentimes feel better than newer places? And not just for like sentimental reasons, like there's something going on there. In our modern world, we've gotten farther and farther away from human feeling. And that human feeling is not a sort of adjunct to one's taste or um, preference. Feelings have a lot, are as real as anything else. They provide a lot of deep information. And the way that we design and build <clears throat> and manage our spaces removes human feeling from that process. And in doing so, that doesn't make people feel very good when they're in those spaces. My name is Drew Wood. The Skyways are this sort of mysterious, sort of desperate, sort of also mundane, unofficial gathering place where like everybody goes to be alone around other people, it seems like. So much of our uh, modern environment is just like crushing feelings. And like, you know, if you're thinking of, if you're alone in your car, you're walking from a parking lot to a, a strip center, you're in uh, a chain grocery store, you're in a track built house in the suburbs on a cul-de-sac, there's a lot of space that is dead and those spaces make people feel dead. We're trying to figure out how to make spaces and places that make the people in them feel alive and it's a you know a virtuous cycle. So how is MSP doing in this whole placemaking arena? Um, I think there's been a lot of positive things that have come out of the placemaking work here in the Twin Cities um, though I think it can be hindered by almost always being philanthropically or government supported through grants rather than being built into sort of like a continual stream of, of work and, and, and money. I also think the way that it's structured here provides problems for artists and also for the funders in that like it's asking art to be productive and like economically productive. What, what does this look like? This is art subsidized housing for artists? Or just murals or events or things like that that happen. All of them are good. I love that those things are happening. If people are looking for economic uh, social change, I just don't know that those move the needle on it. Skyways, all the commercial activity, I mean like the whole entire commercial activity of downtown pretty much lives on the second floor. Uh -huh. um, a lot of, if they were all torn down at once, a lot of people would lose a lot of money. There'd be many small businesses that went out. Um, I think relatively quickly though, the um, sidewalks would start coming alive. It would add a lot of vitality to our to our downtown. Um, I also think it's completely unpractical for us to even imagine that we're going to tear all these down. Yeah. I'm an idealist and a realist. Uh, <laughs> I want to work towards that ideal. Uh, I think to get there is we give people a taste of what it would be like to be on the street um, up here and then they'll start craving the real thing much more. Yeah. Would you miss them if they were gone? 
Definitely. Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, I love having Nordstrom Rack in the Skyway, <laughs> so it's easy for me to like return stuff there. Uh -huh. I get my prescriptions monthly at the Walgreens here. And if if you had to go on the streets, you don't think? Well, I mean, winter less. in Minnesota, I think I would put it off forever. Really? Yeah, uh -huh. it makes everything a lot easier uh -huh. having the Skyway. Mm -hmm. Do you ever come here not during the workday? No. Not really. No. After spending an afternoon in the Skyway, I didn't meet anyone who said they would rather be on the streets. People seemed content walking between their office and the parking garage. Even though they crossed paths with familiar faces, they've never spoken with any of them. Because what then? There's no place to sit, to eat, or really do anything after 3 p.m. So they walk, the only route they know, back to the car. And I don't blame them. The downtown street is cold and deserted. So, I thought, maybe I should have prefaced my question with an alternative scenario. Imagine this afternoon you close your laptop and pack up after another long day in the office. You step out onto the street and it's chilly, but your favorite vendor is waiting to greet you with a cup of decaf. The sidewalks are wide and lively. Kids chase each other around trees, retirees gossip on a patio, and other professionals like yourself mosey along the sidewalk. You see a colleague kicking back at an outdoor cafe. There's no hurry, so you stop in and join them for a drink. By the time you complete the two-block stroll to your bike, train, or car, you've interacted with a dozen or so people and hardly recall the stress of the workday. Now, which route would you take? I think that the best cities and places that I visit are so because of the infinite number of, of small good things that are happening. I'm a firm believer that everybody is a placemaker and uh, everyone naturally knows how to do this stuff. Uh, we make forts as children with some basic structural understanding and a sense of scale. All that information and that knowledge and feel is still embedded in us and the way that we lay out our own living rooms and uh, and rooms of our house and our gardens if we're into that um, those same feelings and practices apply to any and all spaces people know how to do this they've been doing it for as long as humans have existed our ability and, and, and real necessity uh, to do that if we're gonna I think get out of this existential human crisis that we find ourselves in. <laughs> While unlocking my bike, I realize why I never come downtown. Besides for the few people pulling their peacoats tight, the sidewalks are stark, lifeless, abandoned. Biking towards my neighborhood, people begin to appear. They don't seem particularly thrilled to be in the cold. Some of the sidewalks are icy and benches dilapidated, but on each block, there's the option to duck into a cafe, library, or shop. Pedaling downriver, I predictably consider public life and what it means to live a good one. I'm not going to tear down the skyways, but I could fix that bench. in this episode by Enjoy the Cat and Zach Baltich. I think it's where a bunch of ships are made. 
Do you know of any pirate ship construction happening in Minnesota? Leave a review in iTunes and let us know. Interested in experimenting with public design? Try transforming your front yard into a place that makes your community come alive by grabbing the free front yard toolkit at musicantgroup.com. Links to everyone featured in this episode are in the show notes and at deepnorthpodcast.com.